0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to how to chess. We have a champion joining us this week. In fact, she is the 2021 African women's champion. Um, She is also well known as a chess streamer, uh, popular, uh, always entertaining and amusing chess streamer. And she is a coach both with uh, CoachS.com and for youth teams, especially uh, African youth teams. And what we're going to talk about with our guest this week um, is Sort of how to analyze your games in tournaments. But before we get into that, let's welcome her to the show, WIM Jesse February. Jesse, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having
1: me, Ben. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Thank you. So, yeah, we're going to do 10 minutes. And I think you picked a great topic of how to analyze games during a tournament. Obviously, you got to strike a balance between um, saving your energy while still extracting lessons. So, without spoiling all that we're going to talk about, uh, Jesse, do you think you are ready for me to? ask the first question and start the clock. I'm excited to to hear your questions. <laughs> okay, all right. So without further ado, so Jesse, when you're coaching a tournament, and by the way, we're saying coaching, but of course, this is applicable for players as well as students. So if you're obviously a lot of people watching will be tournament players. This is the idea is for this to be food for thought for during your own tournaments. Um, so, Jesse, when you are coaching at a tournament, what is your approach to analyzing games during tournaments? Are you spending a lot of time or a little?
1: I like what you mentioned in the beginning. I mean, not everyone has the luxury of having a coach at a tournament. Um, but those who are privileged enough to have a coach, uh, while playing the tournament, of course, it's important to take a look at your past games, um, especially if they're live or if they're captured for sort of your opponents to see in the upcoming games. Um, it's important to mostly take a look at the opening. Um, that should be the, the first focus opening mistakes. And obviously if you're losing after 10 moves, there's something that you have to change. Um, There's a big difference between analyzing your games. Sorry, I think my mic disconnected for a second. Um, There's a big difference between analyzing your games um, at a tournament and after the tournament. Of course, you go in-depth a bit more after an event, um, but during a tournament, you just want to lightly take a look at uh, what the inaccuracies were and try to focus on that. If you were to work on anything at a tournament, I'd say the best thing to do is to sharpen your tactics. So what was recommended to me at the African Zonal in 2016? It was quite lovely because at the time I didn't have a coach and a lot of the work that I do, I was very lost because there's so many like uh, chess books and resources out there that you don't really know where to start. So I received a lot of advice from friends and so on. And one of the things that really stuck by me is... Every single day while you're at a tournament, it's good to do 25 to 50 tactics uh, just to sharpen your vision and to not tire yourself out too much. Um, This also ropes in with things to not work on right before a chess tournament. I mean, it's fine if you're giving yourself sort of six months to improve, but if you're working right before a tournament, the good things to work on is opening preparation, tactics, and just sort of visual visualization, um, not anything like end games or deep middle game analysis and that sort of thing, because that could change the way you think and sort of mess you up during the tournament. Um, that's why it's always a good thing to sort of focus on the like tactics right before the event. If you're changing the way you're thinking, of course, your chess is going to take a dip first before going up. That's why a lot of players, when they start working on their chess, it always goes down before it goes up.
0: Yeah. Okay, man. A lot of great advice already, Jesse. Now, let me ask you, uh, I think at a lot of these tournaments, like you might have a sense what opening your opponent plays, or you can at least try to snoop around online and try to find something. But you mentioned doing tactics at tournaments. So do you feel like uh, it's counterproductive to cram openings when you're about to play someone, even if you have like a pretty good inkling what they might play? Well, of course, you're going into a tournament with a set
1: repertoire of your own. But when you're preparing against someone who does have a large database of games to take a look at, uh, you can sort of tweak your opening preparation or repertoire according to what your opponent plays. It's easy to identify what sort of opening mistakes they make, or it's easy to identify what sort of style of play they have, and focus and tune into those weaknesses and play according to that. So often I'm not playing um my own repertoire but rather what my opponent is bad at playing at so um it's nice to have a coach sort of on the line after the game or right before your next one sort of telling you um what your opponent likes to play what they don't like to play and so on and and you play accordingly that's usually when you catch your opponent off guard and take them out of their preparation so it's good
0: Excellent. Good advice. I actually once heard, uh, I am Eric Rosen give very similar advice. It's not so much about uh, what uh, his strengths are per se, but identifying weaknesses and going after them. I like the ruthless ruthless approach, Jesse. Um, So let's say you have a quick game. Let's say you have a game, something either went really right or really wrong, or maybe you had a grandmaster draw. Um, Does that sort of change one's approach to analysis? Is it then okay to do more study, or do you still feel like if you have another game later that day? You've got to manage your energy, Jesse. Of course, there's
1: always coffee, uh, but you cannot recommend (laughs) coffee to your students who are like 10, 11 years old.
0: Right, but we can have coffee, so good points are go on.
1: Yes, I will stick to like five cups of coffee a day if I'm doing like 10 analysis or like 10 games a day um, of of analyzing. But when it comes to my student, the one thing I do like to recommend right before a game um, or... If you're playing two games a day, you're playing one in the morning and one in the afternoon, it's good to rest in between. You don't want to sort of hype them up too much or you don't want to um, put so much pressure on them to say, okay, right after a game, we're going to analyze and then we're going to prepare right until you play again. It's good to take a nap, a walk, um, go eat something, take your mind off chess for a little bit because the best thing could be just to um, sort of get your mindset Uh, right and and psychologically ready for the round, rather than um, just cramming uh, preparation or sort of openings uh, beforehand.
0: Yeah, great advice, Jesse. Now we got to ask about something that we wish wouldn't happen, but we all have really tough losses. Maybe it's like a six-hour game where you got ground down, or God forbid, it's like one of these just colossal blunders. Though those can be really psychologically taxing. Um, So. If uh, someone encounters that, experiences that in their game, they make a big mistake and then boom, they have to go play again. Um, how do you recover from that, Jesse? What sort of advice do you give in those situations?
1: Uh, luckily, I've experienced this firsthand many, many times, including the African Championship this year. Oh, wow. I, yes, I was playing white pieces against um, an opponent I, I felt pretty, pretty ready for. And out of the opening, I was completely happy with my position, but things fell apart quite quickly. I lost a pawn and then I lost another pawn and I was just questioning like what's happening to my chest, you know, is this it? Because I knew the moment I I lost a game, I would sort of lose my chances at winning the tournament. And already during the game, I was, I was trying to come to terms with what if I lose, what if I lose, what if I lose? And I did lose that game. And it was a sort of maybe 200 meter walk back to the hotel. And I was just sort of, my head was down and I was so sad because all I was thinking was that wasn't even my toughest opponent. now, maybe next or even the following rounds, I'm going to face uh, players who are much stronger than me and chances of, of winning now is it's, it's sort of down the drain and. The best way to deal with that, with my next round being the following day, I just wanted to focus on everything but chess. I was like, I'm going to analyze this game, but I do need to take my mind off of this. Of course, um, if one game goes wrong, it doesn't mean the rest have to. So I put on some series or music. I was doing some editing or whatever I was sort of passionate about at the time, maybe I was editing videos and then so on just to take my mind off of that. Um, I would call my loved ones back home just to sort of take a breather. And then later that evening, I decided to analyze my game and I saw where I went wrong and so on. And then things started to pick up because I knew that if I went into the next game thinking, okay, this is a new day, it's a new game, you know, the rest of the tournament, anything can happen. Um, I went on a on a winning streak. So I think it was more psychological than it was sort of beating myself up for losing the game stupidly or whatever it is.
0: Wow, so that's I think,
1: no- Yeah, sorry, go ahead.
0: Oh, I mean just I, I love that story. It's so relatable, even though, you know, a lot of us are not like winning championships as you did, Jesse, but still like we, we all have losses like that. So it's I, I love the advice about, you know, taking some time to not think about chess. Indeed.
1: Yeah, I was, I was really happy um, that I had an outlet. Uh, I think it was back in 2017 on my way to the African championship. uh, My phone was snatched, so I didn't have my phone with me and the internet was also not great. So all I could do was watch like foreign language television shows and eat chocolate mousse in bed. So <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, the other side of the coin.
0: <laughs> yeah, that might be having your phone snatch might be even tougher to recover from than a tough loss these days. So yeah, yes. that, that that's challenging for sure. Well, Jesse, we've just got a little bit of time left. So um, any any closing advice before we let you go? This has been awesome.
1: Yeah, um, my friend uh, played in the African and uh, it wasn't the African individuals with the African zonal event where she won it and she got her WIM elect title. And I asked her like, what did you do? Because suddenly she was doing so well. She was playing amazing chess. And I was like, this this is so out of nowhere. What did she do? She said, you know, between the games, Jesse, I took naps. (laughs) I was so tired. I just slept. And I was like, okay, well, that's good advice. And ever since I started taking that advice and I I must say, I've been playing better chess. So That's
0: that's awesome. I love it. Now, a few of us, unfortunately, have trouble sleeping during tournaments, but that could probably be the subject of its own episode. So anyway, (laughs) Jesse, yes, um, (laughs) fantastic advice. uh, Really, um, really enjoyed this. So thanks again, Jesse.
1: Thank you so much, Ben.
0: And we are back with our three chess improvement takeaways from this fantastic little talk with WIM Jesse February. and so much uh, insight packed into those 10 minutes. But here's what I come what I'll be thinking about. Moving forward, as you go to a tournament, here are some things to keep in mind in terms of uh, how to approach each game and managing your energy and all that stuff. Number one, as Jessie mentioned, uh, she thinks the sweet spot for doing tactics at a tournament is 25 to 50 puzzles during a day. Mm-hmm. Now, Jessie made an addendum. This is if you have one game a day. A lot of the sort of American tournaments where you're running around like a crazy person, shoveling food in, in into your mouth in between rounds uh, while walking. Those, you might want to chill on the tactics, but in a perfect world where you, you can pace yourself, then 25 to 50 tactics a day is a great way to go. Uh, number two is, um, if you're preparing for an opponent, focus on your opponent's weaknesses and your own strengths. It's easy to get bogged down worrying about what opening they might play on you, um, but it's, it's, you want to be more big picture in your prep. Um, and number three is especially if you have a tough loss, uh, make time for non chess stuff. I love the story of Jesse just having this devastating loss and making sure she took time to clear her head, do non-chest stuff. And then sort of after you've been through the phases of grief and you feel like you've recovered a little bit, then you can do some post-mortem, but you don't have to do it, uh, right away. So just awesome insights from Jesse and Jesse, if people would like to catch more of your content, how can they do that? You
1: can watch my Twitch channel on Jesse underscore February. Uh, It's actually not February. It's just Feb, Jesse underscore Feb. So you can catch me there. And that's pretty much my handle for all social media platforms.
0: Excellent. Yeah. And we'll drop some links in the description for everyone. So definitely encourage you all to check out more of Jesse's fantastic content. Thanks again, Jesse. Thank you.